Hello, podcast listener. Today's episode features Jennifer Sheets, a.k.a. Jenny from the Block Sheets. We're going to talk about writing. We're going to talk about books. We're going to talk about favorite things that we've read over the years. And Tucker makes me say the same thing multiple times. All of this and so much more today. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode of JJ Meets World is brought to you by Natalie Deutsch of Hatch Realty. Natalie has a proven track record to get your home sold faster and for more money. She is consistently focused on her clients' needs and wants throughout the entire process and make sure that they are well taken care of. If you're looking to buy or sell, reach out to Natalie today. On average, Natalie sells a home every 3.74 days. That's at least two a week. And last year, Natalie earned her clients on average over $4,000 above list price on their homes. And you don't have to take our word for it. Here's some of the great reviews Natalie has received. I was overwhelmingly impressed with Natalie and all the Hatch team. She was very responsive and responded to all of the emails within an hour. She gave great advice and encouragement from the listing and pictures, the offer and all the closing details, the marketing team knew exactly how to promote my property and I was pleased by how soon and easily my property received an offer. I was actually dreading selling my condo and Natalie did such an awesome job that I felt like I really didn't need to do anything. The thing I most appreciated was that she really listened to what I wanted to do and respected my decisions. I would definitely recommend Natalie and all the Hatch Realty team. They made this process so wonderful. That was from Diane. So listen, if you're in the mood to buy or sell a home, give Natalie a call right now. You can reach her at 701-388-9338, Natalie, N-A-T-A-L-I-E, at HatchRealtyFM.com, or you can go to LiveFargoMoorhead.com, that's LiveFargoMoorhead.com, and find out some information. Huge thanks to Natalie Deutsch of Hatch Realty for sponsoring JJ Meets World. One, two, three, four. J.J. Gordon, sort of like that Indiana Jones in that he's always snipping out his next adventure. Yes, he is. He's always interviewing guests so he can have them on his show and they can talk about pop culture, arts, and leisure. J.J. has his flag unfurled and he likes his french fries curled and he's fun and then he twirls as he goes to meet the world. He will march into the rain even if his ankle sprain. Take a peek inside his brain. This podcast is called J.J. Meets I hate paper cuts. And I use the word hate here because paper cuts are something where it's like, paper, a knife. I know a knife is supposed to cut me, Mm -hmm. right? If you throw a piece of rebar hard enough at me, it should pierce my skin because it's metal and sharp. But when a piece of paper cuts me, I'm not only in pain, but I'm also deflated as a man it's a different level of pain it, it kind of gets into your brain in a different way yeah feels so weird so when i hear about people being tortured by like someone taking and cutting paper cutting between their toes or like the webbing of their hands like that sounds horrific mm-hmm. no thank you <laughs> and it makes me think of maybe the best villain from pete and pete <laughs> yes paper cut <laughs> yes because he would create weapons out of paper too like he would create like a hacksaw yep or knives and daggers <laughs> he was the macgyver of paper <laughs> which is what i think is so amazing and he was a villain when they were just doing the pete and pete shorts even before they mm-hmm. had the full show so he's og oh was og mean original gangster oh really yeah. i didn't know that yeah you learn something new every day mm-hmm in fact, with our guest Jennifer Sheets today, I know her as Jenny Sheets. Right. In fact, 
any girl I know named Jennifer, I've met when I was younger and called them Jenny. I can't make that transition to Jennifer. Right. Jenny Sheets. Jenny Sheets. Like she, you have to say the full first and last name. So Jenny, uh, our guest today. Jenny Sheets. Jenny Sheets. (laughs) Jenny Sheets. Uh, We have a really great conversation with Jenny. This is a longer episode, but we cover a lot of territory. Yeah. She's going to talk about Story Squares, this new uh, app that she's been producing. She's going to talk about what it's like to write and the aspects of writing. I haven't seen her for a few years, and I've just been assuming that she lived at the top of a mountain this whole time. And I'm not totally off either. It's been a lot of mountain time with Jenny Sheets. Yeah. I mean, we didn't pull out a map, but we definitely give a little bit of (laughs) visualization to the way Jenny lives her life. She's out in Montana. I've known Jenny for decades now. She's got a new app that she's been working on. Yeah. What was it called? I just said that story square story square. I literally just said that whole thing there. She also has been living out in Bozeman. Oh yeah. Um, And we knew her back in high school. Uh I knew her decades ago in (laughs) elementary school. Uh, Thanks for paying attention to me. Tucker. Uh, and, she also but, has an uh, app coming out. <laughs> but you know what? There's people who drown my voice out in this intro. And so now <laughs> for sure we've hit them with that information. I'm one of them. So we got you double time there. Uh, so I hope you enjoy this episode. If you have a chance, why not rate this podcast? A five-star rating on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere that you consume the podcast that you love. It goes a long way for us. us out. All right. Podcast go. JJ Meets World. Jenny Sheets is our guest today. So I'll, there are a few people in my life who I call them by their first name. Now, <laughs> By their first name? Or by their first name, <laughs> last name. I, yeah, thank you. For everybody. Yeah. Johnson, get over get here. Get out of here. You're really, you're really being a bad guest right off the bat. You just got to really like just dig it in there. Oh, you know. But I can never say your name without saying Jenny Sheets. So when I told Tucker, like, oh, I booked Jenny Sheets. I'm like, Jenny Sheets will be there. <laughs> yep. Jenny, Get ready. Sheets. Jenny Sheets is going to be there. It's like celebrity status. Do you know when you Google your name? Oh God. One of the first things that comes up are like, is like a sheet set. So like there really? must be so someone. Like Jenny yeah. Sheets like, set? like sheets by Jenny or yeah, something like that. You're bringing back all the horrible jokes from high school. that I Yeah. Got. That wasn't very fair for you, huh? Uh, between the mm. Jenny, between the sheets. I always thought I Jenny was a fitted sheets one. was a good one. Oh, I think you did. Come, that was m- much more innocent and PG. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I didn't even stand a chance. So Jenny and I go way back. And when I mean way back, we're talking decades here because we both went to Claire Barton Elementary School. Um, Represent. Yeah. Which, by the way, did you see that they changed their mascot? They're not the Roadrunners anymore? No, I am furious. What are it's they? like a like a wolf hybrid thing. What? I don't know. But like a wolf Wolverine cyborg. I'm not sure. That is but it's not a road runner because we were, I mean at that, let's also say that we we're copyright infringement was taking place at Claire Barton because we were using <laughs> the road runner from Looney Tunes <laughs> as our mascot. It was a giant mural That's in our true. gym, but you know, were even you still about this at like six years old, <laughs> I was, I was like, like, I don't think you guys have the proper clearance to use the road runner. You guys got to collect all these shirts with road runner on it because it's going to be a collector's item at some Ooh, point. Yeah. Um, so Claire Barton elementary was an interesting place. Were you a part of sunshine choir? Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. God, Sunshine, we were good. Sunshine Choir was a morning choir that 
of course, you'd learn some songs and then sing them like uh-huh. at assemblies. But do you remember the logo for Sunshine Choir? I don't think so. It was supposed to look like a choir, like a like nine people standing together, but it looked like bowling pins. <laughs> like they were like shapeless children <laughs> and no faces. And I was like, I was like, what? It looks like a Unlike, bowling was it team. Bright yellow shirts bright that we had. Yeah, yellow, like ugly yellow. Oh, do yeah. you remember we sang a song? Tucker, I don't know if you had this in your childhood, but I really hope so. About the cat that came back. The cat oh, the very came back, back the very, very next day. day. And like, do you remember the, the, like one of the lyrics was like, the A-bomb fell. <laughs> yeah. uh, the cat came back. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the weirdest lyrics for like little 10-year-olds. It's a pretty horrific song when you think about it because it's about a man consistently killing a cat. <laughs> yeah. And then like he's like, he put it in a box and he threw it over the bridge. <laughs> but the cat came back the very next day. And you got those little in our yellow shirts. The cat came back. Just, you know, nice lesson. I remember doing sign language to Can You Feel the Love Tonight? But it wasn't real sign language. It was was more like interpretive dance. Like, can you feel the love tonight? Uh, It's just whatever our music teacher made up that day. Yeah. This this is probably night. Now, who was was your music teacher at Clara Barton? Mrs. Claris. See, I had someone you'll recognize at Horseman, which was Mrs. Radnicki. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. cuz wow. her husband was the choir teacher at our high school. Yeah, right. And so I grew name. up with Ms. Radnick, Mrs. Radnicky all the time. Wow. She was our our music teacher. So I just I thought you South kids would like that little connection. Oh, I like nice. that. See, I thought you were going to say I didn't know how universal your podcast was when you're like somebody you guys know. Everywhere except Wyoming. Like, <laughs> yeah, every My state. music teacher was Celine Dion. <laughs> 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 That's why Tucker pounds his chest so often when he's getting into a high note. So and the shower, Jenny. We end up going to high school together. We do some improv there. Lots of improv. Don Quixote's, and then we uh, hang out at Trollwood as well, where you had one of the most iconic Trollwood News at Noon <laughs> characters of all time. My one shining moment in eight years. <laughs> you had Soccer Mom. Love Soccer Mom, which is a character oh, I yeah. imagine was pretty not even loosely. It was pretty hardcore based on your own mom. Oh, my mom. Yeah, for sure. Although she. Never brought us a soccer, and she would hate if I called her a soccer mom, but she drove that van everywhere. I was like, well, there's just, I mean, we replaced, like, shoes with soccer balls, you know, like, vice versa, but yeah, that was my mom. Was it fun? Did you have fun in Trollwood, like, spending summers doing all that stuff? That was a dream come true, to be able to just run around this entire outdoor campus as a kid, have very few rules, and have these teachers that kind of agreed with, you know, the whole concept, but just let them go, let them run, um... That was life-changing. I talk about it all the time. I always wonder do, if other kids get such a great outlet during the summer. No. Like, are, is something like Trollwood, is there a Trollwood in each region where people are getting a chance to send their kids to have this creative outlet? I mean, I I grew up around Trollwood. I mean, I actually lived at Trollwood for about three days in like 91 when my, my, our house was getting all the floors redone mm. and my dad was teaching there. And so my mom, my dad, my sister, and I lived in the teacher's lounge for like three days one summer, which was the best thing ever. So magical. So magical. Right. But dad was teaching there. Mom was teaching there. So I would be there every summer and then I would be around when they were putting up the main stage musical. And so, yeah, you just felt like you had this magical park. That's a beautiful 
beautiful park. And now I feel bad for these kids who don't get to have that park be yeah. the place. I haven't spent enough time in the neutral woods, so I can't I couldn't tell you how aesthetically pleasing it is to be out there or not. But it's probably beautiful, but if the walls aren't falling down and leaking, then it's not the right. same. Right. <laughs> there was something like old about yeah. the North Fargo Trollwood. So I think so I've spent some time at the new Trollwood. And for those of people who are listening who have no idea what we're talking about, it's a performing arts school that you can take video classes, you can take dance classes, there's sketch writing classes, there's directing, there's improv, all sorts of great performing arts things. So the old one happened to be uh, in North Fargo, a north part of our town, where they had an old hog barn was one of the <laughs> classrooms. Uh-huh. And it used to be an old like farmstead up there. And now the new one is this amazing state-of-the-art facility. So the experience they're getting, if we got a more hippie-like Woodstock experience, yes. they're getting a much more like Microsoft Coachella. era experience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so they're just they're just different. Right. 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 So they they're getting the fancy different facilities. Things. But you know, and I don't know how it compares, but it really felt like we, the kids, ran the campus. You yeah. know, we got all the guidance and there was this mutual respect. It didn't feel like we were in the way, never felt like, you know, we were in trouble. Well, it felt like a better version of high school to all these yeah. kids because you chose to go there. You were taking classes you were interested in. You were outdoors for most of it. Yeah. And, you know, these were friendships that you made that oftentimes if they were kids at other schools, you wouldn't see them throughout the year until summertime. Uh, I, I did theater in high school, but I always completely avoided the main stage musical because I always wanted to have part of my summer to just do my thing. And so Trollwood became video class central for me getting to take that there. But yeah, nothing more fun than to just oh, yeah. be creative with your friends in that Dancing kind of Dancing on those outdoor stages and come like July, they'd be so hot. We couldn't even dance on them. Your feet would like burn off. I <laughs> <laughs> didn't even care. It was just like, oh man, I just remember to be able to like look out in the field and you'd see, yeah, the video classes over here, like maybe, you know, setting up the next sketch. And then you've got people hammering away on the main stage and then off in the distance, people are dancing ballet in the field. Like yeah. how more surreal can you get? And there's beautiful old trees and yeah, there's a river, the river. and, but uh, that also became part of the problem was the flooding that happens. And after, you know, that land is just getting eroded away. Yeah. They've also found, you know, uh, burials there, you know, from just ancient uh, older groups. And mm. it's just an area that it was becoming more and more hazardous to be able to run any operation there. I remember when candy lane, you could still use, Yep. And you could actually still get to Broadway from Candy Lane. I remember that. And that's been closed now for how long? 20 years now? Because yeah. of erosion. Yep. So uh, so we hang out at Trollwood. And mm-hmm. then you, were, you, were you your class's president? Oh my gosh, I was. Yep. Yeah. What's it like being a class president? At Trollwood? Did Trollwood well, have class presidents or at South? At South. I was like, I don't remember that. Happening. That would be like, remember the movie Camp Nowhere? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like Camp Nowhere had a president. Yes. That was Jessica Alba's first role. Really? As the class oh. president? No. no. Oh, I loved that movie. Um, yeah, class president, senior year. And I mean, you know, it doesn't mean anything until eight years later. When everybody starts banging on your door. Where's the 10 year reunion planning? What are we doing? What's is happening? That the, is that the charge of the president? Oh God. Yeah. Oh. And I think a lot of people, it just falls off their plate. But for me, I was like, God damn it. I am going to rule this thing <laughs> with an iron fist. <laughs> I, tell me if this is true. I heard that there's a little bit of scandal because you changed the date. Like, Oh yep. After it had already been like, okay, no. this is it. And then Jenny was like, no, I'm going to change the date. Cause I got something else going on on this other day. 
Yep. Something else yep. better came up than seeing <laughs> yeah. all of my high school friends. I'm the president. Well, yeah. The pre- Did I not just say Iron Fist? <laughs> I do what I want. <laughs> I called Putin and he said it's fine. Look, it's good, Jenny. Change the date. No, that was more Russian. No, Italian. Yeah, Italian it doesn't Putin. matter. We don't really know what he sounds like because we don't watch enough news. Uh, uh, so you plan your high school reunion. How yep. was that for you? Oh, my gosh. It was. So the planning was was an experience. Um, nobody wanted to be involved. And then suddenly everybody wanted to be involved. And then suddenly nobody wanted to be involved. So it was a fun little Facebook experiment. Um, did you hear that come out? Just a little the like Sierra man. Yeah. It's your back it's and fireball. It's going to come out. God. But then, so the, the planning was pretty terrible, but then come the night of the reunion, it was pure magic. I felt like I was walking into a high school movie where the basketball players roll in drunk. Some <laughs> girl's makeup is streaming down her face because she's bawling about something. There was a girl fight on the dance floor. The nice. security didn't even know how to handle it. I was laughing so hard watching all of this. So then people are coming up to me. Do we need to kick people out? I was like, let them go. This is magic. <laughs> when are you going to see this? People are screaming and yelling. I think the DJ ended up quitting early because he got in a fight with somebody. So there was no music. Then. Yeah, you're right, Jenny. This sounds magical. Uh, Magical is the word I would use to describe to what you're talking about right now. I was laughing so hard. It was great. It's total it's like, self-destruction. It's like black magic. It's like defense against the dark arts magic. Right, but isn't that kind of what you, you want? You sort of want to see that, right? You want to yeah. relive high school a little bit and exactly. let those, like deep let down those inside. things happen. And it was cool to see everybody in the same room. Like it was like time traveling. I, you know, people are like, oh, I don't think I'm going to go to my high school reunion. I was like, you've got to go to just... It's, it's such a weird feeling. It is like time traveling. Like you've gone back 10 years. Yeah. And you get, you get the, the best part of going to a class reunion, which is watching all of the spouses who were forced to come. Oh yeah. They're so miserable. <laughs> and it's like, Oh God, that's fun. That's fun to watch them be miserable. I don't know why, because I had, didn't bring my girlfriend to my reunion. I was like, no. you're not coming. My and husband she was like, said, Hell she no. was like, I don't want to go. I was Ugh. like, that's good. You're not coming. <laughs> And watching all the people who were forced to be there was delicious. I know. What a fantastic. weird thing. Why do you bring your significant other to this? Why do people bring their kids? Oh, God. We said no children allowed. Ugh. I think we said that at our wedding, too. Maybe I just have an issue I with kids, I try to get my guess. wife to say no kids. And she's <laughs> like, well, then this person won't come and this person won't come. And I'm like, well, well that's sorry. the price we're going to pay for this. They had kids, not us. Right? Yep. <laughs> Uh, they made that decision. <laughs> so then I go to Jenny's wedding and I don't know if you know this, but like I tried to recreate your wedding. Like I wanted, I was like, I've got to rent out Camp Cormont. That <gasps> was the most that. amazing thing that ever. It was pretty fun. It was. And then we had to move our wedding from the beginning of October to the end of oh, October. Really? And they're like changed dates them. after everyone was planning on a specific I date. I hadn't sent out any like invites or anything. Sent out a date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was dress based too. Jill went in to get fitted for it was like her first dress fitting and she's like this is the dress i know it i love it and they're like she's like when's the wedding date like october 7th and they're like ooh this is m- like mid july by the way and they're like ooh i don't i don't know and so they put this fear in her that this dress might not be ready in the very earliest that is even possible and it's probably going to take some extra money oh my gosh. is the end of october so she pays i think she pays this extra money and then 7 days later the dress is in her hands oh my god and gosh. i want to be like they were full of shit they were trying to get you to just walk out of here with a purchase yep the bridal industry the whole wedding industry is just disgusting it is awful we kind of had the antithesis to all of it i mean we we just wanted camp food booze yeah so that's it 
So describe your wedding because it was probably one of the most fun weddings I've oh, ever been thanks. to in my life. It was so fun. And again, it's because I am the Putin of planning. Mm-hmm. And I told everybody, I was like, <laughs> you do dress up or you don't come. And it was a 1940s themed wedding. So it was so, how cool was it to look it out sweet. and everybody was dressed up suspenders, big hats, heels, the big dresses. Um, and it was at, at Camp Cormorant. So gorgeous day, a thousand be- feet of beachfront. And then just a huge dance. And that's all we wanted. My dress was a hundred bucks. Bought it for my friend. I think Dave got his whole outfit at Target. Like we were just like, whatever. And my parents cooked all the food. Yeah. And we ate like in the mess hall and you were invited to spend the night as long as you brought your own pillow and sheets. Yep. Because your your sheets, huh? Your sheets. Yeah. Blankets. I'm bringing the sheets. (laughs) (laughs) And there was a big thing about how like, since it's a summer camp, there's very little parking. I mean, very little parking. So please carpool in some way. And so I chose to carpool with previous podcast guest, Phil Lund, who, of course, like, we're like, we got to leave at like 11. We're leaving at 11. It's 11.45. And he's like, I just got to hop in the shower. I'm like, fuck that. Let's go. Let's get out of here. I'll throw you in the lake. That's why he was so stinky. Yeah. He's always always so sweaty. What Uh, did that lady say on the airplane? Why are you so sweaty? (laughs) Said it straight to Phil's face. I was like, because I was at a concert. Um, what a rude thing to say. Right. So. But like he was getting on this plane and he was really sweaty. I would prefer and- he hosed down before getting on the plane too. <laughs> or anyone on the plane because that air is getting recycled. So um, you're getting oh that gosh, fill stain at some Lund. point. At your wedding, there also there was a, like a brief rainstorm oh, where yeah. everyone danced out in the rain yep. too, which was pretty fun. Yeah. And oh yeah. Like, so my, my dress got soaked twice because I danced in the rain, in the pouring rain. Mm-hmm. And I think it dried off because I was dancing and sweating. And then at midnight, I think you were gone. You had to run because you forgot it was your anniversary, didn't yep, you? Yep, yep. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Whoops. Got to get back. Um, but at, at like midnight, we just all jumped in the lake fully clothed. Why not, so, right? Yeah, why not? Well, and people switched into like bathing suits right after the wedding and were yes, jumping in the lake. They were swimming. At the end of the night, though, around like 11, we were in the dance hall. And I left for some reason, maybe to grab a drink, came back and all the guys were in their underwear. So I really lost control of that. I'm not sure what happened, but <laughs> sounds like a Russian wedding. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You are yeah. the Putin of planning, <laughs> which is also this podcast episode's title. The Putin of the planning. Putin of planning. Um, so and, and then you and you left the area. You decided to like so, be your own person. Yeah. Well, do you remember it was. I think the year around senior year, I was doing Trollwood. So I think, I don't know if I had graduated or it was before senior year of high school. And my family always went out to Jackson hole every year. Mm, so we that. went out for like, you know, a few days and we would get a little cabin and do the whole thing out of grand Teton national park. Well, one summer we go out and we're at the grocery store right before close at that night. And my family was leaving the next morning and the manager says, you know, what are you doing? I was like, Oh, I'm getting ready to go to college. So yeah, must've been after high, senior year. And he says, you know, well, you should come out and work for us. We've got lots of college kids working. I was like, okay, maybe one day I can get you a job tomorrow. Like, well, my mom was like, Oh, you should do it. That would be so, Oh, Jennifer, think about it. I was like, oh God. So we go back and I'm supposed to start Trollwood in like a week. The next day, my parents peer pressured me, left me. I had one toothbrush, one pair of underwear. No, there's no cell phones back then. Or if there were, I sure didn't have one. And they just drove away, left me. So I didn't get to do Trollwood that summer. And I just got left in Wyoming. 
So that, that's how it kind of started is I ended up just in the mountains and came back and I was like, so oh, wh- wow. where'd you live? Like above the grocery store? <laughs> no, they had dorms for their employees. Really? But I, do you remember me in high school? No drinking, no smoking. I was the good kid. All of a sudden I get here my first night. Some guy from Georgia, Jamie, is shit face drunk, throws a chair down the hallway that splinters into a million pieces, then takes the fire extinguisher and lights it off in the dorm. So everybody <laughs> has to get evacuated. I was like, oh, geez, what have I gotten oh, myself? <laughs> I think you un- you unfairly had the like everyone thought like well it's Jenny Sheets you know it's the goody goody girl and she doesn't do anything that's wrong and, I didn't but I mean but it's not it's fair good. to I think label that because people just find out who they are I mean I mean I'm not the person I was in high school I've got great aspects I keep from that era but yeah. we label people too much I think these so. days and we expect it like I remember. Um, when J. Scott Miller came back after his first semester of college and all of a sudden he was like smoking a cigarette and he was drinking a beer and we we're like, well, you're the nerdy computer guy. <laughs> like, you you're doing? not supposed to do this. Give me that beer. <laughs> all my and friends who were the ones who were teetotalers in high school, like in the last five years have all sort of discovered drinking all of a sudden. And that, oh, that's what they do now. Just mm. in the last few years. Yeah. Like recently, like, like, they, like, they, like they stuck with it through their twenties. Wow. And at the end of the twenties, they're like, yeah, I'm going to try some whiskey. Oh and then they gosh. realize that being drunk is fun. <gasps> a whole and new world. They've been trying to catch up. <laughs> and I feel like I'm so beyond the regular drunk part. I'm just like, eh, is this, oh, yeah. I just want to go watch Netflix. Oh, gosh, yeah. Basically. I can't. It's so hard to get me out of the house like after eight. I just oh. want my like one little whiskey, go to bed. I'm surprised I'm here right now. Is, is this I, a little too late for you? No, I just, 10 I just love being home. <laughs> I just love being home, right? Who is it? Tom Segura, I think, starts his stand-up where he's about yeah. how, like, you know, everyone, you always feel like, you know, fuck this place, let's go home. Like, that's, <laughs> everyone always feels like that constantly. So let's wrap this up. I've seen let's that, get this done. t-shirt that says, I'm sorry, I'm late, I didn't want to come. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you need that. <laughs> Have you seen, there was a, going around social media, this, like, happy birthday banner and it was like happy birthday everyone please leave by nine <laughs> below it oh and my I was gosh like, that's me yeah i was like i gotta get that for my house oh yeah i put end dates on my party planning i mean again is it, isn't it yeah. ron swanson who for his wedding reception says the wedding reception will take place at each of our homes alone <laughs> <laughs> um jenny so you you spend this summer out there and then you decide you're gonna go to college you're gonna still go to college mm-hmm. right like you didn't suddenly you want to move out to the middle of nowhere and start a shack and type of manifesto. That kind of happened later when I was applying to law school. So after college, so I went to college at MSUM and the university of Montana. Then I applied to law school and planning on going ready to go and pull a 180 and head down to South America and backpack alone for six months. See, I've been, as I've followed you on social media over the years, I felt just, I've just, I've had the impression that you just live at the top of a mountain somewhere, <laughs> that you are a Sherpa and that you're like, you're floating while meditating. Oh my God, you should see me carry something. And there's all this stuff going on. So how much mountain time have you put in over the past couple of years? Oh, in my yeah. mind, you live hanging from the side of a cliff, <laughs> right? Just by like a carabiner That's or true, something. Actually, you're I not far off. pictured yeah. your house with like just a hammock, mm-hmm, like you're mm-hmm. sleeping in a hammock. Yep. No running water. I've even l- trained myself to stop pooping. Oh, good for mm-hmm. you. Oh, yeah. that sounds like difficult. hell. <laughs> that sounds like absolute hell. Yeah, no, I don't know just, what my body would do if I couldn't do this every few hours. It just, get, <laughs> just leaves my body through my pores. <laughs> so, uh, so tell us about South America. Oh, that was awesome. But that was like a sow and oats 
kind of trip. Mm-hmm. I just went hog wild. Um, learned a little Spanish. I was supposed to be going to school to study Spanish before law school. Dropped out because it was too hard. I was like, why would I stay here? I'm going to Antarctica. Mm-hmm. So just kind of got on a boat to Antarctica. You did go to Antarctica. I did. See that I'm super jealous of. That was so cool. Wow. Really cool. I was, I felt lucky though. They were leaving in three days. So I got like a super discounted rate because so, they wanted to just fill it. So to get there, I mean, what is the the path to get there? I would assume it's a combination of plane and boat. Yeah. So we, let me see here. I took a plane down to Ushuaia, Argentina, the southernmost city in the world. And from there, got on a boat and it was two days of just hell. I mean, I was on a little one. It was only like, I think 75 people with the crew as Ooh. well. And so it wasn't one of those big cruise ships. So furniture would just fly across the room. People were throwing up everywhere. At one point in the night, I saw that they started testing the lifeboats outside. I take it back. I don't want to go to Antarctica. That was a moment that I was like, ooh, it is dark. They're outside. I see the lifeboats are gone. Okay. See, I was hoping there'd be some sort of like helicopter flight you take (laughs) and you just (laughs) land there. But no. Maybe for you and Celine Dion. Have her calling in. How am I connected to Celine Dion all of a sudden? <laughs> you just are. Okay. She was your music teacher. That's what I heard. That's right. That's right. Her and then Mrs. Weiser and then Mrs. Askruth. Yeah. So, so you get down. So what's the experience like? Oh, it was extraordinary. Of just every day. Well, because, you know, I wasn't in a relationship. Decided I wasn't going to do school. Pretty much decided I would have no responsibility at all. I used all the money that was in my savings that was supposed to go to school and just every day could say, all right, I met some cool people. I'm going to get on this bus or I wonder where that boat goes. Just kind of whatever I wanted. And then I got to somewhere in the middle of the country, Peru or somewhere and just thought, I want to go home. And I just got this craving for Detroit lakes. Wanted to come back for the 4th of July because they have a huge party. And that's how I met Dave. Now my husband. 11 so years just later. Think about it, if you had waited and been like, I'm going to enjoy Labor Day. <laughs> like your life could be so much different. Gosh, I know. And I, I am a, I do celebrate Labor Day like the best of them, but. Oh yeah. You go, you go hard go, on Labor Day. Oh, it's big. It's a big time. You want to, you want to know about the Putin planning, like Labor Day extravaganza. That's my one day I put down my Putin hat. I'm like, you know what? Kick off your shoes. Let's do this. I've always really appreciated the fact that you're up for the adventure, whatever it's going to be. And there's no, at no time is it ever like, no, I I'm done exploring the world or relationships. Oh, God, I'm I ready like to maybe like, that's it now. I don't I think so. Full time job. So, but okay. Mm. So let's even talk about the reason why you're here in Fargo. Yeah. So you were on our guest list, but we were like, we'd probably have to drive out to Montana <laughs> if we want to get like Jenny on that you one. You guys do need to do a podcast in Montana. Then all of a sudden I pull up my Facebook because I'm still active on that. Like every other 65 year old in the nation. <laughs> and I see that 1 million cups here in Fargo, which is sort of this inspirational uh, gathering of people every week. Uh, Jennifer Sheets is going to be there and she's going to be presenting on story squares. And I was like, damn it, Jenny, like you (laughs) came to my bachelor party and you're not even going to tell me when you're in town. (laughs) But I didn't tell you I was coming to your bachelor party. You did not. You really surprised me. Like all of a sudden this woman in a pink wig, like rams into me at the airport. And I'm like, Jesus, bitch. And I was like, oh my God, it's Jenny Sheets. I had, I did not see that one coming. Okay, JJ's trying to act cool because in true JJ fashion, I sl- body slam him and he goes, oh, I'm so sorry. He apologizes to me. <laughs> That's a big guy thing because I always feel like, you know, I always feel like I'm the one who's bothering people. I imagine Andre the Giant apologized a lot too. 
So tell me about Story Squares. So Story Squares is a an app that I created a few years ago. Still, well, two years ago, still in the works, getting there. And we offer interactive writing templates. So let's say you're writing... You know, all kids kind of have to write the same papers these days. So one of them is a persuasive essay. And most kids don't know how. They get home and the parents are like, I don't know what the hell this is. So they start Googling it. But what we do is we create digital sticky notes. So just like you were to put sticky notes up on a board and we walk you through step by step. So here's where you have your thesis. Here's where you have your supporting evidence. Here's where you have your counterclaim. And you type in all the squares. And then all that text is auto-populated into a full, easy to read doc. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, but you can use it for novels. You can use it for business plans, technical writing, pretty much anything that you would just need to break up to see a bird's eye view of. That's really interesting that when you said the novels part, I've been getting, I've been making a concerted effort again to get back into reading this year. I didn't hit my Goodreads goal of last year. I missed it by three books. Three, oh, so you're I'm, such a failure. I know. Huge failure. So I'm trying to not be as much of a failure, but I hadn't read anything and it's already May. <laughs> So I have six months <laughs> okay, left to go. How many books are on your 20. list? 20. Ooh, okay. But, but you I'm can already, do it. I'm almost done with the first one. But w- as I've been doing that, I've been watching interviews with authors, um, specifically authors who do larger novels. Because I'm I, writing is hard enough as it is oh, if yeah. I'm writing a summary for one of these podcasts. So trying to picture someone who does a massive piece of work like that. And then I just thought, I wonder what sort of tools are out there now that weren't available to, you know, George R. R. Martin when he first started or, right. or way back even further than that. So right. would this app of yours be conducive to a certain size novel, anything or That's what? a good question. We're hoping. So right now we're in beta, which means that it's just a very baby little fetus version of an app. So we'll start testing this out for probably shorter stuff because you see like maybe six, 10 or 15 squares really you can do as many as you want. But if you start, you know, like when you like zoom out of your eye photos and it gets to like tiny little pixels, Mm -hmm. that's not very helpful for writing a novel. So we have to figure out what that would look like, but we also don't want to go back to the whole, like, you remember Microsoft where it would be like folder and folder and folder and folder yep. and folder. That's yep. just a pain in the ass too. And a so paperclip. Right. <laughs> you look like you're using a preposition. <laughs> Let me help. <laughs> so somewhere in the middle of, you know, how do you, yeah. How do you write game of Thrones right. on an app? You know, in, in high school, we're taught the rules of grammar, right? Um, we're taught what are classics. You study some of those things. But I feel like it might be a stronger choice to not focus on grammatical rules with kids at that age. Exactly. And more on finding your voice and speaking clearly, writing yes. clearly, and and cutting to the chase and then going, okay, here are the mistakes in grammar that have gotten here. We're going to help you realize that and work on that, but not prioritize it over, over other things. That's exactly my pitch. Because then kids just tune out. It's yes. just, oh, I have to remember this rule set before I have to remember to speak in my own voice. Yes. We say- Or so to revise. I've taught writing from kindergarten through college. So I just got done teaching at the University of Montana, but I've also taught reading and writing to elementary school, high school. We say we're spending way too much time on spelling and grammar and not enough on organization and logic. Just kids don't even know where they're going and they're worried so much about this preposition or this comma or you know the sentence structure. 
just forget all of that. Just write, but also think about logic. Does this make sense? And does it do what you want it to right. do? You have the power to revise and edit and you should be doing those things. So get it out of you first, right. get words onto the page. It's going to suck. Yeah. That's fine. Everything sucks yes. the first time. It's, it's the, the good stories you've, you've read are typically the ones that the author rewrote them 10 or 20 times. Absolutely. And then they had an editor look at it. And that was sort of my, my second thing I wanted to get some insight on is that I've been exploring the role of the author's editor. Mm-hmm. Um, so an editor, either one who comes in that the author hires to come in before it even gets to the publisher mm-hmm. uh, versus uh, that relationship and how exactly does that work? And so I'm just looking for insight on that relationship a bit. That's not uh, a, a world I'm familiar with. Yeah. When I think of editing, I think of what I do, which is video editing and audio editing, Yeah. which has a, a totally different role than the author's editor. So can you illuminate that a little bit for me. I mean, I don't know it a ton because I haven't quite gotten a lot into the publishing world, but from my experience, you know, there are professional editors who just kind of contract work and they reach out to, or the authors reach out to them and they read your manuscript and they'll look at the high level stuff and then the micro stuff, right? The sentence level. But you know, the biggest stuff first, like you said, is looking at, does it make sense? Does it do what you want to do? Or all the threads, you know, do they come together? Is there a good plot if it's fiction or you know, even nonfiction. And why would you be worried about a sentence if you're, you know, probably just going to cut it anyway. So right. that then comes second. And then the publisher's editor, my gosh, I have no idea. I hope to know one day, but they're just thinking about like, what's the book jacket going to look like? Right. You know, like what I'm highlighting these sentences and like, is this the cover art? Right. I'm, I'm picturing the writer who gets a manuscript back and it's covered in red marks <laughs> and there's like whole paragraphs that have been rewritten or whatever. Like you should write, you should word it oh, like it just this. blacked out. Right. Like forget about um, it. Don't even think about it. Right. I mean, I, I, I bet that is a tough pill to swallow. You know, who has a good book on this? If you are interested, Stephen King, his the on only, writing. Yes. On writing his only nonfiction that I'm aware of. It is a phenomenal book. It is so really? well written. He tells a lot of childhood stories. So it's part memoir, part craft. And he gives a lot of advice on editing, storytelling, how you get ideas. It's mm. really good. Might have to pick up that Stephen King book. I, yeah. I, I just feel like Jenny's the Putin of writing. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Iron fist. <laughs> I So when I think of writing, so I do have to, I have to blog for work, which drives me nuts. Because you even said the word blog, like you were blog. sort of throwing up in your mouth <laughs> no. at the same time. Here's blog. the thing. It's one thing if you're going to force me to do it and they're like, we, it's quantity over quality. So and that JJ meets world blog we were planning. We should just no, no. say that. No, no, I, I want to do that because I, I want to write about the stuff I want. I don't right. want to think I have to have something by 2 p.m. on this day. So it's quantity over quality when it comes to writing? I will see, Yeah, for my <laughs> for my company. In, I am, in mass media? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I'm my sure. and like It's just I, content. That's the oh. word is content. Wait, yep. You just put lorem ipsum in there. <laughs> well, so this is their, this <laughs> is their paste, example. Copy paste. Why don't you just take a YouTube video you really like and then talk about why you like that YouTube video and get like two paragraphs and then they, you're, that you, is you'll garbage. be blocked. And that's what I say because I pour my heart and soul into the things I've written and they've proven themselves to be evergreen so that people are clicking on them five, six years after I've written them. So I every time you know the month comes, I'm gaining more and more. Like my wow. numbers are going up every month yeah. because people are going back to previous stuff. But they're not going to. If I was like, oh, you guys got to see this cat. He touches <laughs> the pop can. It is so funny. They're not. They're not going to like that. But what I've learned through having to write is I call it the economy of words, which is just like you want to save 
when you go to the store, you want to save when you're writing. So don't use 50 words when you can have the same punch with five. Oh, it's going to take you so much longer to get to the perfect five words, but it means so much more to the yes. reader and that yes. experience. Don't waste their time. Right. Some people, I feel though, like they want their time wasted. Have you guys read just some of these garbage books that you're like, this could be a quarter of the length. My but people love it. My sister loves to buy the like 25 cent Kindle books where someone is self-published. Oh my god! So there's spelling errors <laughs> and, and it's just, I mean, it is that, it's that dumpster fire first draft of anything, Ugh. but she just Why? loves it. Why do you think? Oh, cause she says it's so much, it's like watching a, a bad movie that's good <laughs> because she says like, it's amazing because you're, you're like two people will be named the exact same name in this. So you don't know which Mary they're talking about. Mary, and, the most generic name. Right. Yeah. Like I kind of wonder, is your sister the type who like stands at a house fire with a smile on her face? <laughs> probably. Yeah, but she, she, also, probably but she also cries at like a Charmin commercial though. So yeah. I'm trying to balance wow. these two sides of Chrissy. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. Well, my sister's an avid reader just consumes and consumes and loves loves reading. I, in fact, I don't even know how she finds the time to read everything that she does. Wow. So I think sort of these little 25 centers can be the, the cleansing of the palate. So, you know, you finish Ulysses mm-hmm. and then you're like, I need something just, you know, light. I need something to read. Mary goes to the beach. Yeah. <laughs> Mary and her best friend, Mary decide to go to the beach. What beach? We're not going to tell you geographically. It's named beach. It's beach. Yeah. Life the beach. Yeah. The beach. It's called life's the beach. <laughs> uh, we just wrote. I think you guys. I think we just wrote a Published novel right that. there. Mm-hmm. TM. That is officially TM. <laughs> so and you do a lot of writing yourself too. I do. Yeah. So tell me about your writing experience. So for the last two years, I've been working in grad school, um, finishing up my thesis. So that was focused on place. So. Place-based writing means that place is an important character. Like the story couldn't take place anywhere else. So I write from kind of the North Dakota, Minnesota, Montana area. Uh, I actually wrote a piece. I tried to explain it to someone. I was like, oh yeah, I'm writing a piece on I-94. Like the interstate. Yeah. Really? (laughs) Yeah, that sounds pretty boring. Okay, I gotta have a new way to pitch that. (laughs) But I just love like out here you know, our childhood, we are rooted in this place. It, it shaped us. So. It's, it's the main arterial street road it interstate is. that connects us to the rest. It is. And it, it's, yeah, it's connecting, but it's also cleansing. You know, have you guys, like you get out on that road, you don't have anything to look at. You just are alone with your thoughts. And I've, I've made that drive a million times from here out to Montana. And I've done a lot of growing on that road. Even well, from here to Castleton. Right? Oh, it's yeah. only 30 minutes away, but, but it's everything a, just opens up. Yep. Very open up. You, you feel the, the, the amount of air above you, which well, is you nice. Do. And you get to be a brand new person. Yeah. So, you know, the space between, let's say Fargo and Jamestown is only 90 miles, but in that space, it's people you don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're a stranger to them. And so I you, like can, that. you can recreate who you want to be in that exact oh, yeah. moment. In Jamestown, I'm going to be a whole new person. In Jamestown, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a real dick. I'm going to be so mean to everyone in Jamestown. But then when I get to Bismarck, I'm going to be sweet as cherry pie. So when, when you both, when you travel, uh, let's say you're going to a new place. You've never been before. Do you prefer to travel with a group or alone? Alone. I'm I alone. Love, are you guys alone? JJ, what are I you? I love traveling alone. Yeah. Group. You know, I traveled a lot with the line benders and I had a great time traveling with them because oh, yeah. we had that yes and open to anything mentality. 
I do not like if I'm going to go, I went to Delaware last year, let's say. And let's say, so is this, I did, I did, up? I went to, I, I'm going to so say, let's just for the sake of argument, assume that I went to I went Delaware. To Delaware. I and did, but let's also just assume it. I had a wonderful time, but I definitely didn't get to do all the exploring I wanted mm-hmm. because you're with nine other people and some people get tired and yeah. some people like, well, you know, what like, are we doing for dinner? You got to coordinate, right? You know, mm-hmm. mm. That's me. Fun. I'm always concerned about food. Oh, let's wait to walk to the next gate because Mary's in the bathroom. It's like, no, I just <laughs> want to walk beach. to the next gate right now and not wait for Mary. <laughs> what a beach. Yeah. And in fact, I remember on the way. I'm a real Putin of air travel. <laughs> yeah. One thing that I like to do when I travel is I like to go to see a movie in this other town because I like to see what their movie theater looks like. That's it's cute. something I'm so ingrained with. And sometimes I've stumbled upon some really amazing movie theaters yeah. that are done in such an interesting manner or they, you know, or the manager comes out before the movie starts and the, gives a little speech to everyone. I'm like, Oh, that's, oh, that's so neat. cute. Um, movie MC. Yeah. And <laughs> I think you can tell a lot about the culture of the area by their, the way that they present their movies. So, you know, is there any independent art house theater in town or is it only, uh, corporations mm-hmm. that are presenting movies. I remember going down <laughs> to Nebraska to see Jill's grandmother, and I was driving by myself from Fargo, and I stopped in Norfolk, Nebraska, and I went to a movie theater there, and they had a CEC movie theater chain, which is what used to be in Fargo. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And so when I walked in, I was like, it was like walking into my past. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I remember how you guys did this. And look at that. I never think of movie theaters because uh, you guys are going to just think this is ridiculous. You want to know the last movie I saw in the theater? Let, oh, let us guess. You want to guess? Okay. Yeah. Hey, Tucker, do you have a feeling on this? Attack of the Clones. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Mm. I'm going to say the last movie that you saw in theaters was Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, my God. <laughs> JJ, I'm Putin. It was no. Fifty Shades Freed. Thank you very much. No, no, I'm no, I'm talking about the first of the trilogy. <laughs> first, and then I was like, I'm done with movies forever. Done. No, uh, the last Harry Potter. Really? How long ago was that? Oh, seven? Oh, no. my gosh. I don't know. I'm just throwing that no, off the top of my head. No, no, because... In 2002, 2010, maybe? I feel like is when the first Harry Potter movie we came out. We all stood in line we in sure high did. school waiting mm-hmm. for that. And we got on the local news. Yeah. You remember that? Like they were like, <laughs> we were these are the first up. guys to, to buy their tickets to Harry Potter. Um, it was either that or it was Chamber of Secrets. Yeah, yeah. One of those. Were you also, did you guys stand in line for the books? At Barnes and Noble did, yeah. for Harry and Potter. I remember no, one yeah. of the local weathermen trying to cut in the line and a bunch <gasps> oh, of kids being like, like get, to the no, back, you get to the back. Get to the back. You rascal, get back there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I only got through the fourth book. What? And Do I, you not have a heart? Oh, no, I don't. Um, okay. Also no soul. Okay. And uh, not much of a stomach, but. Um, well, that's, you're missing a few things. You got a really great pancreas. You know, I don't believe yeah. in souls. We can talk about that <laughs> another day. Neither, mm-hmm. neither do I. So, hey, okay. it's a good thing not to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but. No, I put it down not out of some sort of, oh, I don't like this. I put it down before the movies even came out, before all of that. And I just never picked it back up again. As a, as a kid, I went off to some other thing. And so, I don't know. I mean, I'll I'll complete them at some point, but I'm still trying to finish the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I'm mm. in the middle of two towers right I now. I feel like you'd be like a big Lord of the Rings guy. I, you know what? I just, I haven't been. No. I should have been, but no, I haven't been. I couldn't been. really, those didn't do it for me. I think I read The Hobbit in the first two. I was like, meh. Mm-hmm. 
But I should probably finish it. Well, it's 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 um, it's so historically important in the genre mm-hmm. because basically the fantasy genre just got pretty much its walls and ceiling built by Tolkien. Oh yeah, and so everything is sort of a, a derivation of that. You know, yeah. every fantasy epic that comes out gets compared to Tolkien because it's sort of it 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 is the thing that it's the really bar. tied in Norse mythology and other things into our sense of medieval fantasy. Oh, yeah, right, and did yeah. all that kind of stuff. So. It's really interesting to me. And then when I read The Two Towers, I try to read it and think of someone reading it back when it was published. Mm-hmm. Someone who doesn't have the movies in their head. Someone who hasn't seen big special effects. That that you have to create it in your mind. Mm-hmm. And that has been a trip. But I had to wait for the movies to have been out for a while so that I didn't have that imagery totally stuck in my head again. So yeah. now it's a new experience and it's pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah. That's cool. What, um, what's the last thing you read? Um, I just read actually fantasy. Well, so I read a lot of nonfiction because that was my MFA. Uh, I was nonfiction writing. So I wanted to just totally switch gears. I'm like, I'm craving fantasy. And I just read a new one called The Bear and the Nightingale by Catherine Arden. It takes place in Russia. Gosh, oh. I mean, I am like going to my <laughs> roots here. Um, and it was pretty good. It's a trilogy. So I just read the first one. I also ordered... Um, never ending story. I didn't know it was a book mm. first. Mm-hmm. And I love the movie. So I'm excited to read that one. Yeah. I always assumed that at the end of the movie, the spoiler here, that the dragon killed the three bullies. Because they <laughs> dump, they jump in the dumpster Just and then like them. I assume yeah, he landed and then ate them. Yeah. <laughs> right. Probably should. Yeah. That should be the end. So mean. Right? You know, I learned a few things, so I did some digging on that movie because have you have you guys seen that recently? It is so sad. It's dark. Oh, yeah. I it's mean, dark. When the horse goes down. Who's my, not bawling? My cousin, Benjamin Loman, who is much older than me and my sister, I remember going to Aunt Kate's house for the weekend and him going, hey, you guys want to watch a movie? And we're like, yeah. And he goes, do you guys like horses? And we went, oh. yeah. And he put in that, that movie. And that scarred me when that horse goes oh, underneath. The, is it a tar pit or the, like yeah, sand? The, the, mm-hmm. um, gosh, what is it called? Like the lake of basically sadness drowning. Or, some, yeah. or something it's like that? It's basically just drowning. It just drowns. Mm-hmm. It just sinks because the sadness overtook it and it couldn't get happy. Yep. So it just let the sadness kill it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. So I did some digging. And there are conflicting articles out there on, there are a lot of people who claim the horse actually died in this stunt. But then there is this like happy article that was like, no, the horse didn't die. It stayed in Germany and lived a long life. That doesn't (laughs) seem convincing. So I don't know if it actually did or didn't, but the kid, the warrior kid did all of Mm -hmm. his own stunts, got hurt very hurt several times. Oh, really? And the writer of the author of the book never wanted this movie published. In fact, he tried to sue because he was so angry about the way the book was portrayed. Really? Yeah. I remember I always identified with the rock biter, the (laughs) being made of rock that ate rock. Tell me about that. Because when he has that moment of like, they look like big, strong hands. (laughs) And this all of a sudden, like, because he's someone who you, who, you know, his whole life has been about being strong and like as hard as rock. And he could not control the nothing taking away the people that he loved. And I, that just sunk into me as a kid of like not having any control of your environment. And I thought wanting to help everybody and you can't mm -hmm. like it's gut wrenching. Oh gosh. I also like, the Morlock is the wolf creature that mm-hmm. goes oh, after the one with him. The big ears is that? No, wait. 
He looks kind of like a saber toothed tiger almost, yeah. doesn't he? Oh yeah. He gets jabbed by the rock when he attacks the kid, mm-hmm. and so like because there, like the nothing is just coming. He's like, "It is me, Atreyu. I'm the warrior that you've been looking over." Never, like. but I remember Atreyu. like the way the guy did the voice work for it. Like, I am the more luck. and like it's okay. it's amazing. Yeah. And, it's been a while since I've seen that movie, but it still is very vivid in my memory. Oh, no, it is so good. Do you remember the like the first book you read that had like a like a very strong impact on your? Oh, that's a good mind? question. I, I, let me try to word this a little bit better. That really said, I think I like reading, and that this was fantastic. Yeah, I think it was Nancy Drew. Mm. I think mm. I started getting into those mysteries young. And I was like, oh my gosh, there are like 10,000 books in the Nancy Drew series. I could read forever. And each one just captivated me. So I think that's what really thought, I I thought, oh my gosh, there are so many books out there. What about you guys? Do you remember? Wrinkle in Time was the one that I read in the third grade and recently reread it and it was magical again. Um, Such a good book. And then I was really into the Encyclopedia Brown series, really into Encyclopedia Brown. Have you not, never heard of Encyclopedia Brown? I'm trying to remember this. It's coming he's back a, to he's me. He's a boy detective. A Nancy Drew type. It's a Nancy Drew type story, but with a young boy. I kind of remember this. So I really, in my mind, were thinking that his, he, I was just really into Britannica. His dad. Was was really, yeah, no, no, no. I <laughs> that was, was his arch nemesis. I was actually into that too. But um, no, his dad was the police chief. And I think the first story you hear is often what would happen is if there was a uh, a case that the, the, the chief was having trouble solving, he'd go home and then he and his wife and his son encyclopedia brown um would talk about it he would he would basically spell out the whole thing and then encyclopedia would close his eyes cuz that's how he <laughs> thought and then he was able to solve it usually at the end of it wow. and then he would use those skills to solve mysteries around the neighborhood with the neighborhood kids i don't think i read these he even had a sign that he made that he put on the front door of his house that said the encyclopedia brand detective agency oh my like, god no crime too big or too small and i recreated that sign and called it like the lucas detective agency <laughs> put it on my door never got a case <laughs> never got never a case one. dang you know what that reminds me of I also tried to recreate Harriet the spy do you remember oh, yeah, that one? Yeah, yeah. I got in so much trouble I thought I could be a spy so then I was just I was always caught just spying on every taking diligent notes on what people were saying uh, yeah but you didn't have a nanny that was like pr- oh, your biggie yeah. and like, she was like in New York and like she yeah. just lived the life mm-hmm. I wanted to live uh I remember reading Lyle, Lyle the Crocodile in first grade and just getting engrossed in the story. Are you familiar with Lyle, Lyle the Crocodile? Yep, I remember that. And finding out that there were other books in the Lyle series and like, oh, yeah. (laughs) And so even though that they were, you know, primarily picture books, but they told the story, uh, I really got into that. But then when I got old enough to like, really start reading like a chapter book. Mm-hmm. I read the first boxcar children oh, book. Yes. Thinking like this is this is this is it. Like, because they're solving mysteries every week. I also think this, if you're not familiar with the boxcar children, the very first story is about these kids who are on their own and they find an old boxcar from the train. Do we know why they're orphaned? So here's the thing. They're technically not orphaned. Like it seems like maybe their parents died and they just like after the funeral, like let's get the fuck out of here. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like an orphan oh, to God, me. Yeah. They li- but they live in this thing. And then all of a sudden, like they find like they're helping this old man pick cherries on his plantation or something. <laughs> and they're like, he's like, he's like, I had six ki- grandkids who just disappeared one day. And they're like, Oh, that sucks. Bye. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they're like, Oh, our grand that 
you're our grandfather and you're super rich, so we don't have to live in our boxcar anymore. We'll live in your mansion. A really good mystery they solved there. Right. I was like, these are they the just people happen that upon their rich grandpa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's six of them. Yeah. Goodness. You don't remember? Like, Wait, and the they, grandpa isn't like, hey, I recognize you when my daughter had you. Right. That's the thing. Is so, and then the rest of the story involves. Like them going out to like, oh, they're with their grandfather on this like seaside vacation. Wait a second. They don't live in the boxcar after book one. No. Are you sure? I'm positive. There's like 400 boxcar books. I know. Why aren't they called the mansion books? They stay at at the the 1% detective agency. Yeah. They they said like every place they go, they just find a boxcar somewhere and that's where they, that's their new base. Ah, It's a clue. A boxcar. Head from boxcar to boxcar and there's a whole network of boxcar children that live like hobos, live amongst all these boxcars. Maybe that's how they travel. They have symbols and they carve into walls. So you're like, boxcar children have slept here safely. <laughs> so it's the rich kids trying to connect with the poor still. Yeah, uh-huh. they're, all like, mm-hmm. they're so rich and bored they have like to live you. in a box car to have fun and solve <laughs> mysteries. Have you ever tried taking a story like the boxcar children and putting it into story squares and to see if story squares oh. can like populate a better book structurally than what wow. already exists? Like well, to re-engineer some of these? That's a good idea, except our computer doesn't write the story. So it's not like we're using advanced AI here. Right, but let's say like... Like we the, can make a better story. Like let's say the MacGuffin of the book exists in, in this, like in the second act. Was that act. a real character? No, like the MacGuffin, you know, like the red herring. The, oh, the, the, oh, yeah, the, okay. yeah. Okay, she doesn't know what a MacGuffin is. She's never heard of Encyclopedia Brown. And you're teaching writing to kids? Oh my gosh, you know, shut it, Tucker. <laughs> I believe there's a more creative and clear way you could tell me to shut it, Jenny Sheets. <laughs> Shove it up your ass. Or like putting uh, putting the Unabomber's manifesto into story squares and just Ooh. seeing what it spits out. Like the anarchist cookbook? That's yeah. good. This is how you make a pipe You know, that bomb. reminds me, this is a little um, off topic of story squares. But last year, I think I saw I was teaching college writing to the college freshmen and they just fucking made me snap. They are such brats sometimes. Really? Well, I had to teach composition, the required writing class, not the optional writing class. And one, I think I just lost it. And I was like, all right, next week on your syllabus, we are reading Hitler's Declaration of War on the United States. <laughs> and I made them dissect it. And it was so fun. I don't know if they got as much out of it, but just thinking of the Unabomber's manifesto. Mm-hmm. It is 22 pages long when you print it out. He made his, his men stand for 80 minutes while he delivered this Declaration of War. It's pretty interesting to read. Oh. I recommend it. Wait, Hitler or the Unabomber? Hitler. Hitler. Okay. I was like, the Unabomber wrote a 22 page manifesto <laughs> and he had men who were standing. I think, As he wrote I think it. got thrown off. I think the Unabomber's manifesto was much longer than 22 pages. Can you I read feel that? like it was like it 40 available? or 50. Yeah. I believe he, I believe he can. Hmm. And, you I'm going to be too scared. And, well, I mean, his you can thing pick is, it up for six bucks in the classic section at Barnes and Noble. <laughs> yeah, like Maybe one on of Kindle. the like. Yeah, no. <laughs> remember, yeah, remember comes, the nineties? <laughs> it comes prepackaged with new iPads. Like, be like, buy this iPad, you get a bunch of U two songs and a couple U2 manifestos. <laughs> yes, yeah, like ten bucks off of Oakley's. That you mm-hmm. can't delete. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, what do you think of audiobooks? I've listened to a few, but um, I love the paper book. It's mm-hmm. just, I love it so much. But um, somebody I love on audiobook is David Sedaris. I mm-hmm. could just listen to his voice um, and his delivery is so good. When you read his books, you can hear him saying, Yes. As exactly. you're I have to read his books so much slower yeah. because I want to read them how he would read them. Yeah. 
Oh, he's incredible. You know, Tucker and I crushed David Sedaris this last year. Like I was in the Santa Land Diaries. Oh, I Tucker know. directed me. And it was pretty amazing. And then we found out that he has no rights to that play whatsoever and doesn't see a dime of it. He was, oh my gosh, yeah, his was, own story. Yeah, he was just in Fargo and he did a presentation in Fargo and afterwards previous guest Brent Brandt was Brent cool Brandt. enough to like <laughs> rip the poster off the wall and like, could you sign this to my buddy JJ? He was just in the Santa land diaries and apparently he had this big sigh of, <sighs> and he explained the story that due to some weird legal precedent that was set because he performed it live. Somebody else has taken that from him. What? Yeah. They've, they've taken his performance and now he doesn't see a dime. What? Off of it. Somebody so could else somebody is making just, like, all the take money. This entire show and perform it. This show right here, yeah, ours, like right well, we now. We already said TM at one point, so I feel like oh, we're what covered. What did we TM? See, now I don't even we remember. TM'd, uh, this entire li- thing. Life's, TM. life's the beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not on mugs and t-shirts anywhere. No, no, no. Well, life's a beach, but not life's, life's the, the beach. beach. Uh, and Mary's is such a beach. <laughs> Do you know the difference between that's when you should beachy. say <laughs> when you should say the and the? Oh, I think it's just um, whether or not you want to be a pompous ass. Is that because that's what I was saying? Like, the, get thee the, to a nunnery. Get thee. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I was, that is the word "thee" and not "the." Right, "the" mm-hmm. with two e's. That would be is different. Two, so that's not correct. Because I love saying things like "it's the Tucker Lucas." Mm. I think that makes sense though, because you're you're trying to emphasize that it is sort of the one and only. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, above all others, this uh-huh. is the genuine article. But it is interesting that it doesn't have the same ring when it's like, it is the Tucker Lucas. Right. It is the Tucker Lucas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Tucker Lucas. Well, shit. There you go. Right. That's the response. TM that shit. Do you have a, like a word that like is your, like I use this word to seem smart and intelligent. Mm. Yeah, pompous. probably. Maybe you, like, like if I were to put all of your writing into a system and I said, computer, tell me what is the most overused <laughs> pompous word that Jennifer oh, uses. God, that's embarrassing. What it out? I'm sure I have a few that I'd like throw in of like, I'm going to make a point here and I'm going to make everybody feel like I have a shit. buddy who uses insipid all the time. <laughs> oh boy. Constantly. It's just, it was just insipid. <laughs> A lot of things are insipid, I guess. You know, that's, it reminds me. So I started keeping a word journal of words that I didn't know. Hmm. And I think, I don't know if I'm more embarrassed of anybody finding anything. You can read my diary. You can like strip me down naked, but I would just, I'm so embarrassed of somebody finding that word journal of like, oh my God, you don't know that word. So like MacGuffin. MacGuffin. I'm going to write that down today. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but good for you though. Like I think people nowadays are so poor at, realizing some of their limitations and wanting yeah. to be better. You're keeping this general journal because you want to be better, right? You right. want to learn these words uh, versus someone who's like, be like, it's so obtuse. Yes. It, oh, the obtusity of that is <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> Did I use that correctly? That is the nice thing about Kindles is that you do have that automatic dictionary. Oh, that's nice. Function right away which has been nice for me. So if I, I like to read nonfiction on a Kindle yeah. because that's where I'm typically running into words. I'm like, I have no idea what that means. Yeah. And then I can just highlight it and it tells me, Oh, that's what that means. That's right. Fancy. There. I'm that, pretty Kindle illiterate. So it, it's, it's, it's not hard to pick up and it's surprisingly fun. It doesn't for me, replace paper book reading. Mm-hmm. There's just sort of like uh, some books I want to read one way or, or another fantasy books. I like reading the actual physical book. Yeah. A lot of, uh, um, if I'm reading like, a uh, 
nonfiction about outer space or technology, I kind of like holding a Kindle in my hand while I'm reading it. Feels but, very techy. Right. But then you also lose page numbers. Page oh, numbers are page not numbers? a thing. Nope. There's, it, it doesn't follow what a book does because you can change huh. the font size and layout. Well, you'd think that it would then adjust the page number. How do you reference if you're like, it's, JJ, check out page It has its 44. own number system that you kind of... Oh. It, the one thing I don't like about a Kindle is, you know that satisfaction when you open a book and you're towards the end, you're like, I know I'm going to finish this today because yep. you know where you are yeah. in the story. Yep. Like, I can't tell you the number of books I've given up with like, oh my God, I'm at page like 95 and I'm still not into this it book. It gives you a percentage. Yes. It shows you a percentage number, but it's not the same. Right. For wow. Sure. Do you get like tokens? Are Kindles gamified? I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe. No, I think it's, you can get like credits. I mean, it's the one nice thing I think that Kindle has going for it is if you finish a book at 10 o'clock at night and you want to start another, you can. And it suggests other books that are in that genre that you may That's not nice. have heard of. And so it's got this aspect that is is nice, but I like feeling a physical book in my hand. I, I like do too. It. I like the smell of books. Oh, so much. New or used. Like yeah. they're just all, they've got just that nice smell. It reminds me of like our old school library. Yeah. You, know, you go in and like that musty smell. Oh, I love it so mm-hmm. much. Do you remember learning about like the Caldecott Award? Yes. And, and like, I would always look for Caldecott books. And the I'm Newberry like, Award. This is the big the, deal. Yeah. I thought anything that didn't have the gold star on the front was just pure swill. Right. Like, why would I waste my time? That's probably why I read the Polar Express like nine <laughs> times. So if someone said to you, hey, I read this book and you're like, hey, what edition did you read? And they said, well, I, I listened to the audiobook." Mm. Would you say, well, you didn't read it? Or would you count that as reading the book? I'm just curious. I don't That's have a good question. an opinion on that myself. Yeah, but you know, on Goodreads, it counts as reading a book. If if I mean, you just you, it can't stop you. So if you listen yeah. to it, that's the way you you did it. And I'm wondering if how similar it activates the brain. Are you getting the different. same benefits out of it? You know, yeah. uh, your is your mind getting the same benefits out of it that you do when you're reading it, and you're having to decode things more. Uh, you're yeah. being more active when you're reading it. I did see some research that showed when you're actually reading a book. And I don't know if it's different for paper or screen. I'm guessing it would be the same. You have to have a certain sustained attention span. Whereas when you're listening, you can be doing a lot of other things. You're seeing a lot of other things. Your brain is just firing. And so there is something about that sustained long-term attention that's really good for the brain. Because right now we're like little squirrels just mm-hmm. flying all over the place. So there is something different, I think, there. So, if, I mean, audiobooks, God, if I could get my students to do that even, I would be happy but read, I don't know if that's the right word. Maybe you like experienced a book. Mm-hmm. You ingest I, it. I exper- I ingested Lord of mm-hmm. the Rings. Well, that's how I ingested the Nannyland Diaries <laughs> mm-hmm. with you. Or was yeah. that, is that what it's called? Nannyland Diaries? It's the Nanny, the, the na- Nanny Diaries. The Nanny Diaries. How was that? I liked it. I couldn't it was get into read that by, Je- by uh, Julie Roberts. Read by, yep. Oh, okay. And we listened to it on a road trip. Yeah. And I liked it. It was good. It was good. Let me tell you something. I love that book and its sequel. I've read that book more than any other book. What? Yeah. That's a repeat I, for you. I, I don't know what it is about that story. Cool. Maybe it's about the fact that like it's <laughs> it's kind of voyeuristic into this world uh-huh. that I will never know. I just this realized I called Nannies. it the Nannyland Diaries because of Santa Land <laughs> Diaries. That's why. That's why. I by the way, do you want to maybe put that together for next season? <laughs> I was thinking, where did I get Nannyland Diaries? Oh, that's why. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Um, and it, Emma, I think it's Emma Krauss and Nicole McLaughlin. Are the, it's two women who write that, and they've written a whole series of books. In fact, they wrote one that I love that is about a girl 
who in high school, she talks about moving to this town and when she's 13 and she makes some friends. And then the next chapter takes place when she's in her late twenties and she gets a call saying he's home. And so she's getting herself put together and she's flying back to her hometown. Then it goes back. And so the chapters keep going back and forth and you find out that her boyfriend became like John Mayer. Wow. His whole first CD are all these love songs that he wrote for her and like exposed her private life and feelings. And so like talking about like, you know, the, the night that he took her virginity and things like that. And so she's been plagued by these songs for like 20 years. And so now she was, so her coming home is her chance to like confront him about this whole thing. It is a wild read. I wish I could remember the name of that book, but it was. Has it won it, a Newbery Award? Good. It definitely not. Mark it's called the Nanny album or something. <laughs> I also uh, I got into um, the the Wicked series, the Wicked Witch of the West. I like, think I just I have that on my shelf. I haven't started it, but it yeah, sounds good. It's good. Gregory Maguire does a great job putting yeah. that fantasy world together. And it's a world you're already familiar with, but he talks about like, okay, so let's talk about the city of Oz. Yeah. You know, because the city has things like grocery stores and, you know, apartment buildings and all these type of things you don't see in the Wizard of Oz movie. And so I think fleshing out a world like that is really unique. And he's done that with, uh, like, he followed the story of the wicked stepsisters from Cinderella. Right. And like, what happens to them after, you know, Cinderella now is in power and she's kind of like, so long, bitches. <laughs> what are your opinions on gr- lumping in graphic novels with books? Because again, I'm using Goodreads as an example. Yeah. It counts as reading a book if you read a graphic novel. Huh. And graphic novels could be text dense or they could have next to no text at all. Yeah. You can get through them a lot faster than you can uh, a novel. So I'm just curious too, does that f- seem fair? Does it seem like you're playing the same game? I mean, you could get a book that's only 50 pages long. Yeah. With no pictures and read that and, and consider it having read a book. So it seems like you're really concerned about reaching your 20 books this year. <laughs> I am, but I'm also concerned about doing it in a way that feels satisfying. Asked, is this fair? So I'm going to read like a 10 pager. Is that fair? That's the thing. I've three <laughs> pamphlets. If I get to 20 books, if I get to 20 books and half of them are graphic novels, I don't know how I'm going to feel about myself. Like, I, oh, did I really? I'm kind of nervous that you're asking me these questions. Like, all of a sudden now I have to be the yes, Tucker. Well, that's you know, fair. you no, made Tucker, an app about writing. Not so. fair. <laughs> I am the you taught of composition. The I'm, I'm looking more for opinion. You know, I'll make mm, my own decision yeah. at the end of the day, but I need input. Mm, I would say it's different. It's like, I don't know. No, it's not a book. I know people are, are they're going to hate me, but I'm just like not into the graphic novels. I think they're cool, mm-hmm. but it's a different experience, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the back of a cereal box. Okay. Not comparison at all, but. <laughs> now they're really gonna hate you <laughs> yeah are they out there with torches yet <laughs> when i was in third grade we had to have a book report every month and i That's remember a lot yeah it was because i was you know in third Nine grade a like year mm-hmm. god and i remember one month reading the novelization of dennis the menace and i remember my teacher pulling me aside and being like is this really a book and I'm like, yeah, it's it's a book. And she's like, but didn't you just watch the movie? And I was like, well, yeah, I watched the movie, but that's why I wanted to read the book. 
And How there, dare she? It, it was, I will say this now. So now that I am a full grown adult and I collect novelizations of famous books. So when novelizations of movies of movies, yeah, because someone made a novelization of a book, <laughs> yeah, it might be good. You never know. I mean, that's a new genre. We should try that out. Right, why not? Novelize this book. It's my novelization of the but two towers. They still have to write it. Like, yes, some of the story elements are the same, but they're still fleshing it out. And there's so much more that goes into internal a book. dialogue, right? Yeah. Like all that stuff that's in the. But what do you like? What did Mister? What's his name? The neighbor, Mister Wilson. Mister Wilson. Like, what was he really thinking mm-hmm. before he said those mm-hmm. words? That's in a book. And in the like Gremlins two novelization, like they go way you, off. Gremlins the rails. is a book. Yeah. Oh wow. Both Gremlins and Gremlins two, the new. Bash. That was the scariest movie I ever saw as a child. Me too. I had nightmares for weeks mm-hmm. after seeing Gremlins. Is that why you don't go to the cinema? It's because you're worried that a Gremlin might pop and up in a movie. That's why I don't look at the cupboard under the sink. Oh, because you're worried that it's going to come out and scratch you yeah, across the chest. Yeah, yeah, be awful. They're vicious. I'd hate, that. I'd hate that. You know, I just saw a really terrifying movie. Okay, so I'm not a movie watcher. I watch maybe two a year because I just don't have the attention span. I like have so many things to do. You can read books. I can read a book. Yeah, I don't know. That was, <laughs> poking holes in uh, your arguments, you Jenny. <laughs> poke a hole in you. But I so just this is saw, why I haven't talked to him for like eight years. <laughs> my mom made me watch uh, Bad Times at El Royale. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Seriously. What'd you guys think of that? Did you see it? I haven't yeah. seen it. Did, was it the aspect of like someone peeping on you? Was it no, the gunplay? Well, I think play? it's when the girl hits him over the head with the wine bottle no, and then yeah, everything yeah. just goes to hell and mm-hmm. it gets so scary. The music. I thought it was really well done. Yeah. It's a fun movie. Yeah. It's long. It like is a long movie. It is a long so one. So Paula loves that movie enough though. She was like, Jennifer, you need to watch this. She was kind of sick. I was like, oh, is it a comedy? She's like, I'll let you make up your own mind. <laughs> <laughs> and that ends up being this like horror thriller. Everybody's getting killed. Oh, I Thanks, love that. Paula. I love that. God. Um, so let's say somebody approaches you and says like, Jennifer, I'd like to make a major motion picture based off of some of your work. Okay? Oh boy. But uh, here's the thing you need to write in some product placement here. We need Mm. to be able to sell this to some agencies so that we can afford to make the movie. What are some of the products you're going to include there? You get to choose. Ooh. So what are some of the products you're going to put into your stories so that Mm. they can be adapted? That's a good question. So I don't have a soul, so I don't, I'm not really too concerned about selling Mm out. Um, Neither does Tucker, so he can maybe go in on this too. Uh, I don't think anyone does, but no, exactly. <laughs> now the pitchforks exactly. are coming. I've got a bunch <laughs> of gummy bears inside of me. <laughs> I would throw in. I mean, probably let's let's categorize this: the practicals, Charmin. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. like somebody somebody's probably going to use. At first, Charmin. I was like the practicals, and I'm like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> is that like a is that like a television program? The practicals. Or? It was you know, it's like Meet the Beavers, but. The practical. Sure. But now uh, you have to write a okay. part of your story where mm, the character based on Charmin. you is like, it's like, I got to go take a sloppy one. <laughs> Give me some Charmin. <laughs> My characters don't say sloppy one. Oh, what are they um, saying instead? I have to poo. <laughs> <laughs> I have to poo. Before, just yesterday when Jenny and I were texting about the location of this, I was talking about how the kids at North High use the term pimp squat. Oh God! And, yeah, I know. Like, okay, the look on his face. Do you see this? What is this? It's a good thing. It's like, yeah, get your pimp, pimp squad on. So, is it a noun? I well, I don't know. I feel like it's more of like a because you refer to it life. as like this studio. As yeah, like, like, our, like our studio squat. is totally pimp squad. 
Oh, I thought it was like it's a, a pimp squat, room. like it, like a place. Well, so like a place where a pimp squats. Well, see, that was my question then right. to JJ. Was that is that a toilet? That sounds like a place where a pimp takes a shit. Yeah. yeah, a pimp squat. Yeah, so, this place is so nice. A pimp would shit here. That's what I, it sounds like to me. I think that oh. it's an exercise where you're holding two big chalices <laughs> full of wine and you can't spill any of it, or you have to start over. You're doing like lunges Ooh, with your. But you pimp have to be wearing like a huge fur coat. Yeah, there's a lot of, <laughs> yeah, a lot of chains, really a lot of chains, big hats pulling the air force when you go mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. I feel like we could make you know like they do Oktoberfest games or something. We should mm-hmm. have like a like pimp fest. Yeah, pimp squat doesn't even doesn't even roll off. The tongue nicely. Uh-huh. So this is a high school term. This is what the kids are yeah, saying. Pimp squat. Pimp squat. What else are they saying? Not these squad. Days? No squat. Squat. Yeah. Oh, trust me. I listened to it enough to be like, are you saying squad or squat? And I thought they said squab, and I'm like, like the bird. Oh god. <laughs> pimp squab. You know, I couldn't get on board either with af. You know, af. Oh, but they say it af. What's yep. af? As fuck. But they just put the, they put the words the letters together to make af. So yep. like this this studio is lit af. Yep. Oh, it's know, just, it's just so you don't have to actually say it. I would constantly be confused. Are, are you putting the Associated Press? Because <laughs> af would look like AP, right? <laughs> okay, Grandpa. No. <laughs> uh, let me tell you about my favorite Halloween ever. I happened to be in Bozeman for an improv show to oh, benefit I the Wounded Warrior this. Project. And I was like, Jenny, I'm going to be in your town. Let's light it up. And we went on a bar crawl that night. I was dressed as Honey Boo Boo from the show <laughs> Honey Boo Boo. Straight up skirt, <laughs> yeah. t-shirt. I had like a, t- a Tinkerbell t-shirt. Your hair was even a little longer and like it was. in your face. <laughs> yeah. and, but it was also kind of cool that night. So I still was wearing a green zip up sweater vest. So on top of it, <laughs> the sweater vest was really classy. People, I have never had a costume where people knew it immediately when they saw it. They're like, oh my God, honey boo boo. That's awesome. Uh, I took an amazing picture next to a girl who was crying where I'm just waving <laughs> at the camera and pointing with my other hand at this girl who slumped over on a curb crying. The running you know, mascara. But, um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that you were later than slumped over on the curb. Yeah. I think we actually, like, you ended up in the <laughs> gutter, did. like actual mm-hmm. a gutter. Uh, I was singing the song Dance Magic Dance from the <laughs> Labyrinth soundtrack, and I had had more than my share to drink, and I'm walking side by side with Britta, and we're like, and baby said, dance, magic, dance, magic, and suddenly my voice disappears because I've fallen <laughs> off the curb and I face plant into the streets of Bozeman. So honey Boo Boo just face down. Yeah. I also, I pick on Britta a lot when I'm drunk. And so I did something where like I pulled the branch back on a tree and I let it thwap her oh, yeah, in the face. She got hurt that night. She did. And then I swung my sweater vest at her and almost <laughs> zippered her in the eye. And then she's also deathly allergic to pineapple. Oh, so I had that squirt and I was like throwing pineapple. squirt at her. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a lot of fun. Oh, that was a good night. Is that also the night that Dave was dressed up as a five-year-old? Yes. So your honey boo boo and the five-year-old were running around. It was an downtown. amazing costume. He had one of those stickies that you know that you get like in a gumball machine. Dave like, Brunsfold? No, my no. husband Dave. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. And he had a fanny pack and he threw water on his crotch of his sweatpants so it looked <laughs> like he wet his pants and he was hitting everybody in the face with the little sticky thing. It was God, so you two fun. were so annoying. And then were you from the 80s? Is that what you I had going on I that was night? that year. Or maybe I was, um, I was my alter ego. I might have been Gloria, the bingo play in Hussy. Oh, yeah, maybe that sounds was about right. Was I wearing right. leopard? 
Maybe yeah, that, yeah. yeah I had yeah. like a cigarette, cigarettes tucked into my mm-hmm. bra. <laughs> yeah. I was like, God, we were all just a piece of work. Oh, what happened to Halloween? Halloween? <laughs> it was supposed to be a holiday of like scaring off the demons. Well, I guess we probably did that. Uh, actually, so that, and then we spent another Halloween together in Madison, Wisconsin. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's right. That was probably the most awkward Halloween I've ever had before because was it? I ended up at the house of some people I think that you knew. I don't. I didn't know anybody in Madison. Or, okay, so then maybe it was like Aaron, Aaron Rise, and like I was like, I remember being like, "Well, I'm gonna sleep here, but I don't know any of these people." <laughs> so here we go. Uh, Where and did you I remember, sleep? I don't know. I don't know. I have maybe no f- idea what happened in Madison. I remember you and I watching four guys dressed as Jesus vomit into a garbage <laughs> can because Madison goes all out for it they was shut down streets, all out. thousands of people, huge costumes, every bar. I remember we rolled in at like around noon and f- getting off the interstate, you could see, you just see a gorilla walk by a cheerleader, a <laughs> robot. And it was just like, Oh, here it goes. It's we're starting. I remember people like, Running along the tops of parked cars. Yeah. It was just pure mayhem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was before like the parkour days. Like people were just doing it to like run. And just then the, to run. do they like grease the lamppost like they do in Philadelphia <laughs> after a big game? No, I think they, they turned it over to the people. Because people climb them. Yeah. And so they grease them after like a before a big game. Oh, what? Because have... they know people are gonna be rioting. <laughs> God, humans are I just hope we document all of this for when the aliens come. That's why we well, all have iPhones and stuff. That's why we're all taking a thousand pictures a day. It's good for place writing, right? It and like is. experience. So one uh, John Hughes the movie Vacation is uh, based off of a piece he wrote for Rolling Stone magazine, I think, called like Vacation. the movie, vac- like National Lampoon's Vacation? Yeah. And it was called like Vacation 59. And it was a short story about this horrific vacation he took with his parents. And they're like, this is funny. You need to turn this oh into a script. Oh, my gosh. And so, like, think about all the great stuff that you could do. Like, I mean, do you, is your goal at one time to write like a big novel? I want to do a book, but I love writing short essays. So yeah. like 10 pages. So I would love mm-hmm. to do a collection of stories. Kind of like David Sedaris does. Yeah. But that but would nonfiction, be nonfiction. Nonfiction. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So do that, that, you know, like Halloween 05. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to pick your brain for some of those stories. Do, we have okay, a lot. You were the only other person who woke up with me the next morning to go to the farmer's market. Do you remember that? We went to the farmer's market in Madison. Yeah. My God, we're such whole good kids. I know. It's the <laughs> it's the most beautiful farmer's market you've I ever seen. I remember so this. The capital city is, so Madison's the capital of Wisconsin, and the city capital building is up on this hill. That's so right. it looks out over the entire it's beautiful. city. And the like it's a hill, so it's a walk up to the building, but the entire block around it. They rather than all these shops like in a parking lot, the shops line the sidewalk either side. So you walk this full block all really, the way around. Did I have a good time? Yeah, because it was their farmers market. I feel like I'm dying. <laughs> did I, did, I, did, did I, I have a good time, JJ? <laughs> I remember because you were really amazed that they had wooded. Like there were two places that made homemade wooden toys, like old school huh. wooden toys. And so you were, you know, playing with like these things. I was at one impressed of them. by this. Yeah, because <laughs> isn't I think, that what that like every farmers market? I don't think I don't think so. Like, huh. were you still drunk? <laughs> Maybe that's been. what it was. Yeah. We had to keep pulling over for someone to throw up on the way home. Too. <laughs> I don't know who that is. And I that was the night of the <laughs> Scottish banquet in Fargo. So I was trying to drive from Madison to Minneapolis to drop off people back to Fargo so I could make it in time to go to the Scottish. <laughs> you are banquet. the king of the overcommit for sure. One hundred percent. 
110%. We ate at the Rainforest Cafe on the way down to Madison. Yeah, we did. Oh, I have a picture Dressed of all of us. Dressed as pirates. We're, were we all pirates mm-hmm. that weekend? Gosh, that was mm-hmm. fun. Oh, man. You know, so, okay, go down memory lane. I think I've brought this up before, but do you remember when you were our improv coach and you came up with all these games? JJ was trying to be so sweet of getting everybody to work together. And instead of doing like a, you know, zip zap game, we're going to tie everybody mm-hmm. together and you're going to run down the school hallway. Because <laughs> there were cupcakes at the other end. If he they could work as a group. At the other end. And if you can work together, you'll get the cupcakes. <laughs> well, we start falling over it. But all of a sudden, Phil gets so red in the face and sweaty and he starts screaming and ah, the Hulk comes out and he just knocks everybody over to get to the cupcakes. And JJ, forget it, none of you. This, you ruined it. Cupcakes. <laughs> I remember the most frustrating thing ever for me was I tried to put together like a syllabus (coughs) for our improv club because I was like, shouldn't we learn to be better improvisers? There are skill sets you need to take in. Instead of just angsty teenagers. Right. And so I created a calendar for every month and I called it the Dougie. Because I thought if I gave it a name, people would be less apt to throw it in the the garbage. I just thought Doug was a fun name for a calendar, and then Dougie is adorable, right? So you thought if you personalized it, we wouldn't throw yeah. it away. It didn't matter. Like, I handed them out, and then all of a sudden I was like, well, I printed 30, and I guess I've collected 27. So three people must have used them oh, to spit their it? gum out. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anybody that was like, who would have been the one to be like, okay, JJ, I'll read this? Probably Randy. Maybe. And she was being polite, but yep. like she ended up like doodling on the back of it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So as we as we come to the end of this podcast, Jennifer, tell me about your extreme love for the Backstreet Boys. Oh, JJ. Because I've been in your bedroom before mm-hmm. and it was something out of a nightmare. Does, does it continue <laughs> to this day? You know, okay, so I'm going to get to that question with another little tidbit about me. I've never sang karaoke. And for the last four years, it has been my New Year's resolution that I will sing karaoke. And every year I wuss out and I don't wuss out. Like, I'm like, okay, I'll go hang off that mountain. I can do this. I, I've streaked. I cannot do karaoke. But this year I got so close. I found my song. I was at the bowling alley. I was like, this is it. This is the year I do karaoke. I dipped out the back. I totally ghosted, ran away. But you know what it was? Everybody, yeah, yeah. rock your body. (laughs) So it still kind of continues. It's still in my heart. But my bedroom, I had posters. I had my tickets. I went to the concert. I had those on the wall. And then one year, Burger King, this is the weirdest thing. I'm kind of embarrassed of telling this story. <laughs> Burger King partnered with the Backstreet Boys. That's how you really know me. Yeah. You we, we made got, it. We, you got two Bs in your name. We got one B in our name. <laughs> you guys are the kings. And they made Backstreet Boys action figures, like what? high quality action figures. And I had those on my bed, like on my my little nightstand. And so I would say good night to them. Yeah. Oh, those are the good kiss old days. any of the posters? Like, obviously. Who was your favorite Backstreet Boy? Oh, Nick. He was okay. the blonde one. Yeah. He waved at me when I was at the concert. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Huh? I was in the third row and he waved. Then what was your feet? What were your feelings on the other rival boy band Ugh, groups? sync. Bye, bye, bye. Am I right? What about O-Town? What's O-Town? That was one of them, right? That, that does sound familiar. 98 Degrees. Oh my gosh, all these spin-offs. Menudo? <laughs> the original boy band. 
<laughs> oh man, they were trying. What was it about the Backstreet Boys that spoke to you? <laughs> that we're is from wow. the Backstreets. <laughs> yeah, they were really from the streets. Mm-hmm. Felt like they got me. They, you know, that's a good question. I feel like I'm like I should lay down for this. Um, Wasn't their big hit first big hit song Backstreets Back? And it was like, well, where did what? you go? From where? <laughs> were you big before? Backstreet's back. You're right. That was on their first album. Yeah. I, that, maybe, I remember. Maybe they meant like their back, like not their front. I just remember that blowing up TRL. Right. Ooh, total Carson request Daly live. was like, all right, it's another week with Backstreet's <laughs> back at number one. It's Followed by s- Kid Rock. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I don't know. I loved them at all their albums. You know, I'm going to have to go dig those out now. Thank Did you, you ever have like any memory. of the imports? Did you ever get like the mm. the Swedish import that had an extra six <laughs> seconds on one track? Gosh, you know, I think my uh, my budget was limited because mm. I, I worked at the church daycare and I got $10 a week. Um, oh so I think that that was all I could afford. So Swedish albums were not in my budget. Mm. Maybe now I have a full-time job. So our, all my money could go to Backstreet Boys. Are male acapella groups basically by definition boy bands? Well, male acapella groups are probably boys. Right. Right. But so a boy is band it, is, a, so is they, a genre, right? No, I think. Because oh. it's like all vocalists, mm-hmm. right? Do you remember the blenders? Oh, oh, yeah. Do I remember the blenders? <laughs> we just had one of the I've blenders. I've been as a their CDs like crazy. Are they still together? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I need to, maybe they, are they a boy band? You you do live on a mountain, don't you? I do. You definitely live on a mountain I'm somewhere. sorry in Montana. We're not all hip with the blenders, but we will be now. I'm going to bring them to Montana. We just had Ryan Lance of the blenders on JJ Meets World a few episodes ago. This is their they are 30th so good. year. Wow. Like they're celebrating like a big milestone. that they have not, like most bands don't stay together that long. Well, they only get together one month out of the year and then random gigs here and there. Oh, okay. And then they're all doing their own awesome thing individually. Sweet. Are they on Spotify? Can I where can I find their music? You know, they might be on Spotify. I bet they are. Yeah. I'll check them the, out. The McDonald's girl one is gonna be on there. You can definitely go to a pawn shop and pick up any of their albums for a dollar. A dollar. That's what I've been doing. Ooh, I've you gotten know, back into C D buying. You can play CDs? Yeah. In your car? Or what do you have? Do you have a CD player? Yep. Do they still make those? Yep. I still have a CD player. I still have a CD player in my car. I'm wow. getting him a CD wallet for his birthday. <laughs> That's cute. You know, mm-hmm. my car is so old. It's still no CD player, but it does have a cassette player. So my friends have been buying me cassette tapes. Well, think about it. Like we grew up in the golden age of CDs. Like If you want to call C- it that, CDs suck. Okay. The golden age of CDs, <laughs> right? So all the music that we grew up with, it was on CD uh-huh. first and foremost. And CDs are just getting, people are just throwing them out, right? So you can go to any thrift shop, pawn shop, and find CDs for a dollar. What used to be $22.99. <laughs> you can get Garth Brooks' third album. But then I take, it, then I take it home and I rip it. And I get the same quality as I would buying it at full price on iTunes. So what Ooh. do you do with it afterwards? Then I just hold on to the CD on a shelf. You if I, you if I want bring, to. You don't bring it into like another yeah, thrift store? Are you store? hoarding? No, I'm buying CDs to keep them for Should sure. Should we be worried about you? No, not at all. I have JJ. goals. How's I have his house? goals, Jenny Sheets. Does he have just like stacks oh, of newspapers? Let me tell you something. Is he I've writing helped, his manifesto? I've helped Tucker move so many times. He's got these big turquoise tubs. <laughs> And at one point I was like, I swear to God, you haven't opened this tub since the last time I moved it. So why don't we just throw it? I don't remember the last time I lived somewhere where it ever looked like I unpacked. (laughs) I don't know if I've ever unpacked. Just keep it for like, this one's for JJ. I'm moving again here in the fall. So I I don't know. A lot of that's just going to stay in in there, but I'm, I'm hiring people this time. (laughs) 
Uh, Jenny, you got an awesome future. Thank you so much for stopping in to be a guest today. Thank you. This was so fun, you guys. people want to see what's going on with Story Squares or maybe follow you on social media, where are they going to find you? Um, Story Squares is at storiesquares.net. So you can sign up for the app. Um, Right now we're looking for a lot of testers, so it is free for a limited time. And my personal writing is at jennifersheets.com. Sweet. Thank you. Jennifer, any weird spelling on that or is the standard Jennifer? There's a silent P in the middle, mm. but you have to guess where it is. <laughs> is it between the ends? <laughs> yeah. How do you spell sheets? S-H-E-E-T-S. Just like regular sheets. Just like, you know, Tucker, stop. Fitted. I've had enough of loose you. Loose sheets. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast end. <laughs> A huge thanks to Natalie Deutsch of Hatch Realty for sponsoring this podcast. Folks, if you're looking to buy or sell a home, contact Natalie Deutsch today because Natalie Deutsch is not only a previous podcast guest, she's somebody who's going to care enough to sell your property for top dollar. She's also going to find you the best price possible if you're purchasing a new home. Last year on average, Natalie earned her clients $4,000 over list price on their homes and sold them faster than the market average. On average, Natalie's selling a home every 3.74 days. That's two homes a week. Those numbers don't lie. Find out why Natalie is one of the top agents in this entire market. Get a hold of her today, Natalie at HatchRealtyFM.com. You can also call 701-388-9338 or go on to LiveFargoMoorhead.com. That's LiveFargoMoorhead.com. Read all of her amazing reviews and then listen to her episode of JJ Meets World. Thanks again to Natalie Deutsch of Hatch Realty. That's going to wrap it up for today's show. If you enjoyed this episode of JJ Meets World and would like to help us continue to produce two new episodes every week, you can donate to our Patreon. Check out patreon.com slash JJ Meets World and donate today. Even as little as a dollar a month can go a long way. Visit our website at www.jjmeetsworld.com or hit up our social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the sites the kids are using these days. If you'd like to stay up to date on new episodes of JJ Meets World, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, YouTube, or wherever you consume the podcast that you love. JJ Meets World is produced every week by Tucker Lucas. You can find out more about Tucker's work by checking out www.moonbasemaria.com. If you want to get in touch with your host with the most, go to linebenders.com and you can find direct contact info for JJ. If I was going to dedicate a book to anyone, I would dedicate it to Ronald McDonald, but pretend like he was like the clown man was my uncle. And I would thank him for all the fries. <laughs> <laughs>